So yeah, we're recording now on Inauguration Day, um, which uh, when this comes out will be old news. Uh, and um, hopefully everything is going well. Uh, and uh, yeah, man. So we talked about this song. Uh, I <laughs> for, had forgotten. I, I have found my iTunes receipt from when I purchased this song. So at the time, I must have known what it was about, but I couldn't find any record of it on their Twitter feed. Like, they were never like, hey, we did this song, blah, 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 blah. Somehow I knew about it. There must have been a press release or something on absolutepunk.net or Chorus FM at the time. And and I, I must have known about the song, but because um, I bought it when it came out, December 18th, 2015. Uh, but I had since forgotten what it had been done for. Uh, so we are not a news podcast in any sort of the way. So almost everything I got is from Loose Memories and Wikipedia. Um, but the song, we would have to go to January 7th of 2015 to understand why this song was released as a, this cover of an Eagles death metal song was released in December of that year. Uh, and this January 7th, 2015 was the Charlie Hebdo shooting in uh paris and that kicked off that was uh uh, according to wikipedia and again i just don't remember and i i didn't do uh uh it's too big and too heady of a subject to go in to but as far as i can tell it was an islamic terrorist attack on charlie hebdo who was purported to have illustrated the prophet muhammad uh as far as i am to remember is that correct that as far as correct. you yeah. know or remember. After that attack, which killed 12 and injured 11, uh, tensions were high. And later that year, on November 13th, Eagles of Death Metal were playing in Paris, and there were multiple terrorist attacks again uh, they uh, uh, perpetrated in the city. 89 people were killed at that Eagles of Death Metal show. At a 1500 capacity theater. I mean, just imagine um, uh, seeing a show. I did. I was able to see there was a Vice interview that the band had done and they showed like the the beginning of the of the of the footage. Somebody was, you know, shooting uh, the the show uh, from their phone and you see the band playing on stage. And uh, they were saying when they were on stage, they thought the PA was cracking out like it sounded like a loose wire. Right. Um, and so they showed that much of the clip and, uh, and then you just hear people start screaming and there, these three terrorists, all of whom were under 30, like younger than you and me, um, just started shooting up the place and their, uh, merch guy was killed and along with 88 other people, um, people were trying to fake be, uh, 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 pretend to be dead on the floor and they were, supposedly walking around and kicking people to make sure that they were dead and if they weren't, they were killing them there. I mean, it sounded absolutely horrific. And this Vice interview, which we have in the playlist, um, is pretty difficult to watch. And then Colin Hanks went and did a a documentary with HBO about the whole event, and uh, which I did not get around to watching. Um, But the Vice interview i think is pretty in depth with the band you can see how visibly shaken up they are the lead singer almost never makes eye contact with the interviewer or the camera at all i don't know if that's his normal demeanor um uh they take several breaks during the interview uh 
and it is a very, very tough situation. Um, and Josh Holm from Queens of the Stone Age, this is like his other band or something, right? Do you know much about uh, Josh Homme? Eagles of Death Metal? Uh, oh, is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah. Which doesn't, I mean, there's a lot of uh, people that uh, once they realize it's Homme, they go, wow, that doesn't sound as cool. But uh, yeah, it's, oh my it's, gosh. Uh, it's Josh Homme. And I didn't, I didn't realize that uh, the affiliation, because when, you, when I read the article and I saw who was there, uh, maybe they mentioned Josh Homme, but because he wasn't there, they just kind of made that, that, that was a reported fact that he doesn't tour with them. Uh, but yeah, he, yeah, he does. That's what Vice said is he's not a touring member. Yeah, normally he does play uh, drums for them. And I believe maybe some guitar because that's what he plays um, in uh, Queens of the Stone Age. So, I mean, he's, he's, he plays a couple of instruments, but there is that picture of him playing the drums uh, from, I think it was the the enemy article, which referenced some of that Vice interview. So yeah, I didn't, uh, he wasn't there, but uh, yeah, I did, I did realize now that he is affiliated with the band. And so, yeah, he has an organization um, that was uh, uh, that he began an initiative to reach out to uh, anyone and everyone who wanted to cover the song I Love You All the Time from the Eagles of Death Metal's latest record. Um, and all proceeds from each sale of the single featured uh, would be donated to Friends of Foundation de France. And uh, that sparked an initial group of bands um, who covered the uh, song, which was Florence and the Machine featuring the Maccabees, Ed Harcourt, Imagine Dragons, Jimmy Eat World, uh, Alan Johannes, which I thought was kind of yeah, cool, yeah. Kings of Leon, Mini Mansions, My Morning Jacket, The New Pacific, Rooms, Savages, Center Sinners, and Dean Weep Group. Since then, there is a Spotify playlist of all of the versions of the song that's three, almost four hours long right. with 70 different covers, which is pretty incredible. And uh, since Eagles of Death Metal would get all of the publishing for that song, they worked it out that all of the publishing royalties would go toward the the victims and their families. Um, so that being said, that was the the play it forward uh compilation um that was started in december of 2015 uh jimmy world was part of that initial release um and uh and this was their their uh entry into uh this this uh a tragic event i mean within the span of a year right uh yeah, and, and the together, uh, the it came res- together really quickly. Yeah, I was gonna say the response was very quick. Uh, for the article, the enemy article was posted on twenty um, sixth of November, twenty fifteen, which was just thirteen days after yeah after the attack. So uh, the Eagles of Death Metal came back with that uh, challenge fairly quickly, and then the turnaround on a lot of these the initial tracks was uh, it was pretty astounding. And is it fair to assume that uh, that they were prob- probably assisted or if if not then just produced by uh alan johannes right because they were doing they had just done damage uh that is a good point i did not look into i was gonna see where were they what were they doing and that makes a lot of sense yeah so that's what i'm assuming it was right in between damage and integrity blues 
And then uh-huh. the fact that uh, Alan was also on this, I thought that maybe they just did it. Uh, you know, they just did a couple of couple of them at his home or wherever they wherever else they were recording that album. I know that they did some of it at his home, but uh, yeah, you know, they they're... only played three shows that year. Jimmy Eat World uh, yeah. in 2015. That was their break year. That was when we saw Jim Atkins um, solo. Uh, oh, and, oh, yeah, uh, when he took the time for himself, right? Correct, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, the following year. I'm trying to see when they, what was that gap? So they really started playing again May 21st of uh, 2016. Oh, that was like a one-off show. Then they really got started on a tour September 7th of 2016. So, yeah, it was downtime uh, prior to Integrity Blues. Yeah, it's, it's like that, it's that lull after damage and before integrity blues uh so i think it's fair to assume that alan johannes produced it especially if he appeared on that initial release of songs um i almost thought maybe it was self-produced and they just rushed it out really quickly um over at unit two but unfortunately i couldn't find any information either way about it yeah, and I just think that the, because it was it was done so quickly, they didn't take the time to just notate that in any of this. They just gave the here's our track. Go ahead and, and use it however you want, so you can get your um, you, yeah. you can donate the the funds to it, the royalties. Yeah. So um, it seems like so, uh, there yes. were. I mean, there are when you look at the song meanings uh, page for this, the Eagles of Death Metal. Um, I tried a couple of different places to copy the lyrics and listening to it again. Uh, this evening, I noticed that even, I mean, and I know that there were some bands that took liberties with exactly where they started and which lyrics they said, but it seems like Jimmy World's version is just a little bit different. Uh, and even the lyrics that I copied, which were from Song Meanings and the one I think from Lyric Match, uh, when, which is just what Google pulls up, uh, those were different too. They were wrong. So, <sighs> interesting. I did not. I I sort of glanced at the lyrics I got, and I was like, "Yeah, I see, I hear Jim singing all of these." So yeah, well, and the one comment that's in that's on song meanings for the Eagles of Death Metal is from Sonic Panda in 2016. Uh, I don't know the exact lyrics, but these are completely wrong. For instance, I'm almost positive the lyrics go, "I can tell by that look in your eye, kind of look that roams around and sees another guy." Uh, so if they're just which is the lyric that I have right from. Pasted from Genius, some some entry at Genius. Yeah, maybe Genius had the better one, but I did make a modification to what uh, Jim sings in uh, the the French part. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a bunch. I don't know they French, must. So. Yeah, wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> I can just t- I can yeah. say I can say it. And that's about it. But at, what listening to it again, we can listen to the clip. It's not really a big deal. But there is just one line that makes better sense with what I modified it to, and it it's what I hear anyway. So anyway, going through these lyrics, they're a little bit different from the official Eagles of Death Metal, but I think that's that's part of the thing is making this your own and uh, and redoing the song in your style. Yeah. So it does start with that distorted guitar uh, blown out. Yeah. Right? Intentionally blown out, which kind of throws you off a little bit. And then the clean, the drums and uh, Rick's bass come in and, and uh, then they bring, they drop that guitar down in the mix and it actually sits much better and you don't really notice it as much. And then there's Jim's sweet voice, of course, with that. I I think that there's a lot of, I listened to a few examples or a few covers of this and I'd say about half of them used the, the echo or the, that 
that maybe it's like a hall or a church reverb, but it's kind of like it's uh, it's it's talking back a little bit, and uh, that sounds really good for this sure, song. Yeah. It's a it was a good change. You don't necessarily hear Jim singing like that that off too often, so it was different. It was nice. It was a nice change of pace hearing him uh, sing with that effect on his voice. Now, uh, do you want to go through uh, the lyrics at all? I do. I would, you know, I'm pulling up a watch together room because okay. I wanted you to hear this song. I would totally forgotten to make a note about this, but I thought about it that first night after we recorded and, uh, and I started researching this, um, is this other, uh, cover that Jim did on his solo EP. Well, uh, let me also go ahead and say that uh, the song itself was actually created or written by, Eagles of Death Metal before any of this. So it wasn't like they had written it uh for this. I mean, this was an existing song and let me see what Correct. what uh Josh has to say. So we have a song called I Love You All the Time and if you're a country artist, a DJ, death metal, it doesn't matter, cover that song and we'll donate the publishing, Hami said. Uh so that, you know, that was it. It was it had already existed, but uh I don't know. I think it was just the message of the title, I Love You All the Time, because the actual meaning, the lyrics have a little bit of a different, not that they detract from yeah. uh, the you know the all of the effort behind it, but you know, it's uh, the lyrics are a little bit different. Yeah. So this this song is from Jim Adkins' solo record, and it has a similar distorted vibe as the beginning of I Love You All the Time which was released the same year. So uh, take a listen to this. when I heard this for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, why did he do this? Um, but it was definitely something he was playing with in 2015. The idea yeah. of this completely blown out guitar backed by completely normal level accompaniment. Um, right. And let's listen. To so I did clip. want to touch on that before yeah. we let's listen to just uh, the introduction so you can hear the, the similarities here. Yeah. So it's it is a lot. Um, I mean, the, the pitch is obviously different, and it's a little bit lighter. It's not as as uh, like that foreboding deep sound, but it's very very similar. It's like it's almost like they have two tracks or, or two microphones set up on it, and uh, you know, one is is capturing the clear channel, and one's that blown out one. And uh, when they yeah. mix them together, it, uh, it I mean, it sounds a little bit more complete. But yeah, you're right. That's uh, definitely the same sound, and I love. That Everly Brothers song, by the way, and the fact that Jim Atkins covers it, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good find, man. Okay, good find. Uh, let's dig in. All right, man. So uh, we'll go through this pretty quickly here. I look at my phone, 
if I call you up, you're never at home. I mean, I imagine that she's uh, she's out rocking, of course, right? You skip the never alone, though, right? Um, do they not sing that part? I'm never alone. Ooh, did I miss I that look one? at my phone. If I call you up, you're never Whoa. at home. Let's hear it. You're right. That does that makes sense. Let's see. I'm never alone. I look at my phone. If I call you up, you're never at home. I love yeah. You're right. Um, I'm never alone. I look at my phone. If I call you up, you're never at home. Uh, it, it sounds like there's a little bit of uh, infatuation uh, yeah. bubbling beneath the, the surface here. Um, I love Me when I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love you all the time. And there it is. That's I love you all the time. Doesn't matter if she isn't home, if she's not answering uh, the call. Uh, I still love I still love you. I still love her. And it's a nice little uh, it's a nice little response to that very short brief verse introduction there uh you know when we're kind of getting set up on on where we are with this song and the lyrics and the meaning is is uh it doesn't uh it doesn't overextend itself jumps right back into the the chorus i love you all the time uh then then it sounds like the guy's getting a little bit uh a little bit rowdy here i'm fueled up and high my man among guys a smile on my face no reason to cry i think he's fueled up uh and high on love Sure. Right, yeah, right. My uh, my man among guys, my man. He's ready to go and happy. It's interesting because yeah, I guess the lyrics on Genius said a man among guys. Yeah, uh, I didn't change that one either. I I, I should have uh, should have uh, or linked back to where I grabbed it from. I think it was the lyrics match the uh, the first result that Google will take the snippet of. So I, I think I grabbed it from there. So uh, totally. a man among guys. My man among guys. I think a man among guys makes my a little man. bit more so. Yeah, my man. Uh, a smile on my face, no reason to cry. He isn't sad. He's he's uh, he's very happy-go-lucky, this gentleman here. And you know what? <laughs> I love you all the time. He, I love you all the time. Says it again. No matter what. Uh, and then we get into the, I guess, would I love you all the time be part of the verse, or is that sort of a, is that a refrain there? So... You know what's interesting is uh, Switched on Pop was talking about the death of the chorus recently and how uh, a lot of songs these days are uh, sort of bucking the trend that started in the 70s of having a verse and a chorus because before that you'd have an A section, a B section, and then maybe a bridge, and then you'd go back to the A section and the B section. So... And the A section and the B section might have a repeating lyric like I love you all the time that sort of served as that hook. Yeah. Um, so it made me think a lot about that episode recently uh, with this I love you all the time because definitely the way that Genius labels the chorus that I can tell the look in your eye part as the chorus, but it feels more like a bridge. Um, but then there's that instrumental break with the guitar solo uh that also feels like a bridge. So yeah, yeah it's hard to say. Uh 44 J Pod, if you think uh <laughs> I love you all the time is yeah, a bridge. Is it just part of the A part? Just looking at it briefly and, and and what a refrain is, and it is technically a refrain in poetry is the uh refrain phrase line or a group of lines repeated at intervals throughout a poem at the end of a stanza. So I would say that it is a oh, refrain. Oh, it's definitely a refrain. Right. So it's uh, assuming that instead of that verse, we refer to it as the stanza. So we've got a couple of stanzas uh, with the refrain, I love you all the time. 
And then we yeah. go into the chorus, which is, uh, I like, I want to say that Zach goes from double time into he cuts it in half and breaks yep. it down a little bit. And it does have a nice, uh, it does separate it from, from that introductory part there. So I can tell by that look in your eye, kind of look that roams around and sees another guy. I can tell you're going to take your love away. So even though he has professed his love, uh, he can tell that she's got a wandering eye and that she is not necessarily devoted to him, even though he is uh, he is yeah. enamored by this or enamored with this girl. So it's uh, maybe maybe things are are changing for him. And, you know, he's just got an unconditional love for her. But uh, she has uh, maybe she's hanging out with a couple of the other guys you know my uh, a man among guys the other guys in his group uh, who knows and uh, then there's the second half i can tell by that look in your eye kind of look that roams around and sees another guy i would beg you if i thought it would make you stay so she is uh she's perhaps a butterfly and uh and he understands this I, or either that or she's just so independent that uh whatever he asks <laughs> she's just gonna deny him anyway so i would beg yeah. you if i thought it would make you stay you know that's how that's how devoted he is. He is willing to get on his hands and knees, or just get on his knees and beg for, yeah. Uh, yeah, for her to stay. And then this is the sort of interesting thing. This is an exact opposite approach to the structure of the lines, where you've got two different lines that lead to a similar third line in the verse, and then you've got two identical lines that end up with a differing third line in the chorus. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder, like, when they set out to approach to write the song, did they think of that at the beginning? Was that a happy accident? Did they even think about that at all? You know, it's sort of an interesting... I, I don't know much about the Eagles of Death Metal or their musical prowess. And uh, it's interesting to cover a song written by a band that we haven't been talking about for 67 episodes. Right. So like we're, I'm seeing these like structural things I'd never considered before uh, that are sort of interesting. And I don't know if this is a common theme with Eagles of death metal, if it's a common theme with many groups. And like when I was writing music in a band, I don't know my scales, you know what I mean? I can play a scale, but I don't know all of the notes in a scale by heart to tell you like, oh, if I'm going to play this song and it's in this key, I know that I can go and play all this stuff. No, when I play guitar, it's all patterns to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I know if this song is a major, I know where my fingers go. If I if it's a if it's a minor, I know where my fingers go and I'll flub around it the first couple times I go through it and then I'll know it. And it's a pattern to me. Um, but do the members of Eagles of Death Metal are are they uh and the answer is probably yes are they transcendent above that and they actively set out to write a song with a structure like this well i mean just looking at it what what you've what you've mentioned is the two lines that are identical on that that uh, that differing third line i can't pinpoint it but i want to say that at least one of the songs that jimmy Eat world have written uh has a very that kind of that kind of chorus I'm, I'm assuming it would be in the chorus if they're repeating it a couple of times but it's it's the yeah and it's it's an intentional thing that they do to uh, to one to hammer a thought home but then also take that last line and say maybe this is an internal thought that the person is having they're saying these top two lines and then thinking the third saying the top two lines uh which is what everyone hears 
but then they think to themselves something else that no one. It's almost like that third, um, that sure, third yeah, person totally. omniscient uh, that we understand that, but no one else hears what they're saying there. And it's a. I think that's part of it. There's probably not a specific definition like, oh, I'm pulling this from the songwriter's handbook, and this is what I'm going to be employing for this chorus. Right. Uh, but it's. I mean, it's one of those things. It's that we. I. I'm sure you and I have read through and seen that Jim, uh, when he's writing songs, has done. And it's a cool, I, I like it. I like when he does that. And Eagles of Death Metal are, yeah. are, are no different there. And then is it an intentional thought? Is it the chorus is this way, let's make the verses the opposite structure of that. Let's have it be two lines that are different and that wind up with this hook. This I love you all the time look. Right. And we could sit down Hook. with Jesse. If, if I'm assuming he writes, um, assuming he writes the songs and ask him and he and he would probably go, oh, yeah, I got no idea, man. Because you hear you hear Jimmy. <laughs> I just World feel when, it, when people man. Have these, yeah. When people have they have these technical and it's almost like when you are when you're when you're a really good artist and you can draw, let's just say you can draw portraits really well. I don't know how I got to that point of drawing portraits really, really well. It, it was just a talent that I had within me. And this is one of those things where maybe they don't know exactly what they're doing, but they're also subconsciously following these, uh, these like the protocol that for a very interesting set of like the, the verse or the stanza and the refrain is very different from how we're doing our chorus. And they just wrote it as a song that said, Hey, this works with the key and, and the beat and all this, you know, everything's metered out right. But they, they just didn't do it with that, like uh, that, that deep analytical thought. They, they, you know, they, they, Jesse didn't sit there for weeks and, and uh, you know, maybe this could have been an afternoon song. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Who's to know? (laughs) (laughs) Verse two. Yes. So now we're getting into the French, the French fries. So I'm going to do my best here. Uh, th- this was the line that I had changed. So, c'est soi, c'est les soi, et toi avec moi. And I, I'm sure you're familiar with avec moi, uh, which is that uh, voulez-vous couver with avec me, moi, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and it is translated, uh, tonight is the night uh, and you with me. And they had et tu viens me voir, but I think he, Jim clearly says in, into your boudoir, tu viens ou la, ou la la. Which is uh, into your bedroom, uh, you and me, you know, ooh la la. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, maybe he's coming down. Uh, he's coming to visit her at her apartment in in Paris. But Jim and uh, and Alan, I was impressed with Alan's pronunciation uh, of these the French lyrics here. But Jim does a great job too. Very clean. C'est soi, c'est les Total. soi, et toi avec moi. Into your boudoir, tu viens ooh la la. Uh, I love you all the time. Uh, and then the that second stanza there, that tu ne répands pas, a dis ma pourquoi, uh, you don't answer, uh, tell me why, this ain't au revoir, together, voila. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I like uh, I like how they mix the uh, the English in there. This isn't goodbye, together. Yeah, it's Frenchlish, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Together, voila. Uh, together, there you go. I guess maybe I, I translated this literally, you know, yeah, as, as it would have uh, been. Somebody, re- somebody translated on uh, Genius, and it was, uh, you do not respond. Oh, tell me why this ain't goodbye. Together, we're here. I love you all the time. And I and I, I think voila is kind of like more the that English use of it where it's like, uh, voila, here you go. 
uh, together, yeah, yeah, yeah. together the magic happens, right? This this isn't goodbye, together or magic. So again, professing his love to this person that uh, that is not answering his call, if that is literal or figurative, I don't know. Uh, and then we have that breakdown again. Uh, I can tell by the look in your eye, kind of look that roams around and sees another guy. I really, it, that that's a lot of lyrics to fit in there, and it... Yeah, it's got a swagger to yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, kind of look that roams around and sees another guy. Very cool. Is it and, iambic uh, pentameter? <laughs> <laughs> I have not kind used that word that in roams years. Around and sees another. <laughs> no, it's too many syllables for iambic pentameter. Um, but yeah, <laughs> this is like the Deadwood of songs. Jesse looks like he'd be in Deadwood, doesn't he? Very different <laughs> from Josh. Josh is so clean cut, and then uh, yeah, he looks like he's straight out of Deadwood. And uh, let's see. So it's that uh, chorus a couple of times. And the the refrain at the end, if you can have you know multiple refrains, I'm no I'm no uh, poet, but adima uh, adima porqua ah tell me why ah tell me why so lost the another gentleman lost to uh, to the female sort here at the end not not sure why he's getting the cold shoulder from this woman that he maybe it's, maybe he's too into her and that she's just kind of you know just smothered by this guy. Yeah. So there you have it. I love you all the time lyrics. I, I it's kind of a it's a cute little song. And it's it's a guy that's uh, maybe a little nerdy, got a little of a of an undying um a twinkle in his eye for this girl that may not uh, may not yeah. be, have the same feelings reciprocated. Yeah. You know what's funny is I just realized and I'm sure I'm not the first person, but Josh Homme is involved with Eagles of Death Metal and Queens of the Stone Age. It's very much like like the name of a classic rock band and then the modernized version of it. So Eagles of death metal Queens of the stone age. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and, uh, that's very much his brand. And this feels like a seventies rock song. Like even that guitar breakdown. Right. <laughs> sounds so ridiculous. Um, and just to, to kind of touch on Josh Homme, cause I never really looked into the guy. Uh, he's from Joshua tree. And yeah, I love people are from Joshua Tree. <laughs> and, check, and check this out. So uh, he was there's a Palm Desert scene, uh, a rock scene out there. It, oh, yeah. Isn't there like a very famous Joshua Tree like bar that bands play at? I'm I'm certain that they've played there. I don't know. It doesn't have uh, it doesn't have that listed in here. But yeah, it's elements of psychedelia. Uh, or psychedelia, uh, blues, heavy metal, punk rock, acid rock, alternative rock, and uh, and other genres. Uh, but the fact that they have that, I didn't realize. It's always interesting when you hear how close. Happy by- and Harriet's, I think, is the the very famous venue that is in Joshua Tree that like bands are known to frequent. Yeah, I'm certain he played there. Uh, he was very involved with that that whole environment. So he was in in I I think you say Kia. Yes, K-Y-U-S-S. But I also did know that he was a touring guitarist in The Screaming Trees. The Screaming Trees was, have you ever heard that song, um, Nearly Lost You? It's, no. It's like in the... I, mean, may, not, I would know by name, I guess. Okay. Uh, let me see. Do I... Yeah, I don't, have, I don't have that queued up. But Screaming Trees, I remember this pretty, pretty vividly, is that Screaming Trees, School of Fish, and Hoover's G-String, I don't know if I was looking for... Uh, bands, I, want, I don't even know if, if I could lump Pavement in here, but there are these, these bands that were 
not necessarily huge, but they made a mark in that scene of like the early nineties coming, coming in from like that, the, the post hardcore, not necessarily alternative, but screaming trees, school efficient, who was G string were in there. And, uh, I think I was on LimeWire and I was just kind of going crazy downloading these single tracks. I, was, I wasn't I was really big on albums. I didn't get a lot of the albums, but I would download yeah. these individual tracks and just kind of seek them out. So when I saw Screaming Trees, it immediately reminded me of those time, that, that time when I was just on LimeWire or uh, BearShare or whatever one was first. But downloading those and just the, they, those three bands, Nearly Lost You, School of Fishes, Three Strange Days, and then Hoover's G-String blowing through a stop sign has stuck with me uh, to now. I mean, and they're on various playlists that I have on Spotify, but just weird that, uh, that Hami was associated with screaming trees and it just kind of, it sparked that thought that I had from, I always think of neon trees when you say screaming trees and I was like, Oh yeah, they're like a pop band. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You had mentioned, uh, Oh, what was that? You you, you called them the band of summer and Charlotte really likes their song. uh, Shut up and dance with me. Yeah. And yeah, walk the moon. I think they're bigger than than uh, like a like a summer band. But th- that's another one of those that was kind of like came and went. And I know a couple of their songs, but say on that same level as uh, as neon trees. There's like a couple of neon trees that I can remember. Totally. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? Uh, so with with these covers here, and we were going through. You you did not mention. Did you mention Liam Lynch? No, because that name. That Not, name, he wasn't part of the original lineup, I don't think. Okay, okay, that's what you went through. Liam Lynch sounded so familiar to me that I had to go ahead and look. And do you remember... He had like a comedy song on K-Rock, right? Yes. So do you remember this this track? I still quote, quote this every now and then. went down the beach and saw Kiki. Saw Kiki. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) And later this chick comes up to me and she's all like, hey, aren't you that dude? I'm like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a live. So then I'm at the pool hall and this girl comes up and she's all like, oh, I'm like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) This is a live version with Tony and Adrian from No Doubt. Oh, that's great. That's right. There That's what the song was called. That's wow. It. wow. So, I, and that I was, was huge on K Rock. That was like the, the the detachable penis of the 2000s. Exactly. The King Missile, King Missile, Suicidal Tendencies, and then that that Liam Lynch song were kind of like they would pop up every now and then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just kind of like uh, the, the novelty one-offs. songs. The man. novelty songs, yes. Uh, but K, I came I should, to find I out. Should, uh, I should call into the Ralph Report and do that one for <laughs> One Hit Wonder Wednesdays. <laughs> Yeah, he'd get a kick out of that. Yeah, he's probably sick yeah. of that song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, and Liam Lynch also directed. So Liam Lynch covered it, huh? Yes, and then uh, he he covered it, put his little uh, spin on it, and then uh, probably where his name mostly was in my brain was was he directed Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny, and I think he directed the movie. Yes. Yep, and I want to wow. say yeah. That's probably what uh, what was most burned into my mind with his name. I remember in the my United States of whatever that was a memory, right? But uh, Pick of Destiny uh, and and his later work as a director, 
Uh, it was just it was, he's like the Bobcat Goldthwait yes. of music. <laughs> like no he one knows that Bobcat Goldthwait is like a really big director now. <laughs> and uh, you know how they they have like a clip, and I want to say Kevin and Bean did this of Gilbert Gottfried uh, not doing his act. You know, anytime you you hear like him just talking like a normal human, uh, talking like a normal human being, like he was calling back saying, "Hey, I'm going to be on the show." Um, just wanted oh, to confirm, and he sounds very normal. Bobcat uh, Goldthwait doesn't do any of that, right? He has his Bobcat Goldthwait character, but oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't do, I don't, I don't do a good Bobcat. That's a hard one. It is. It takes a lot of. Uh, that's a lot of throat movement in there. Yeah, yeah. He's got to have a, a pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty rugged esophagus there. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it, Liam Lynch. That's where we went with that, right? Uh, Liam Lynch was yeah. uh, was uh, part of that branch. Yeah. Uh, I have some stats on the song. Hit me. Uh, the Jimmy World version is sung by Jim. Uh, the notable high note is A4. Notable low note is C3. And they wrote it in a C major key, which is what the original's at. Um, in 8B Camelot, which I think is C major, is 8B. Um Jimmy Eat World's is slightly shorter than the original, which is 309. Theirs is 246. Um, but Jimmy Eat World's is faster with 131 BPM, whereas the original is 120 BPM. So those are some structure things I have. And um, I guess Jesse and Josh said that they wrote this blues rocker about a guy on the brink of losing the girl he loves with producer Mark Money Mark Nishida, who is best known for his collaborations with the Beastie Boys. And uh, let's see, there's a. Uh, yeah, so the very first one. Oh. Um, were you were you into Ween at all? No, what did I. The most I knew about Ween was that they appeared at the end of It's Pat. Oh, my gosh. It's Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Taking me back, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. And I feel like I caught it on Comedy Central one time. And, you know, Pat plays with them, like plays trumpet with them at the end of the movie. I was like, oh, right. Ween is a band I'm supposed to know. But I didn't know them. And then so that was the most I ever learned and ever knew about Ween. Yeah, it wasn't until uh, going through this that I had uh, that really looked into them and their and their influence and impact in music. Uh, I remember vividly uh, coming driving down one of our, our local roads out here and. As a kid, not, and I wasn't driving. I was in the the passenger seat or the back seat. And you know how when you're at an intersection and there's an island that, let's say, we're in the left turn lane and the islands to our left. Well, at the end of that that island, facing away from us, is a, a sign that probably says, "Hey, you you got to go to the right of this. There's an island here." It's that uh, you know, it's the oh, right. yeah, uh, upside yeah. down solid the U swerve. It, yeah. yeah. On the back of that was a small little sticker that someone, and this was in like the mid '90s, uh, that said just Ween. Right there, Ween, uh, uh, black and white. Just uh, yeah, that was it. And I remember thinking, "Ah, hey, Ween." I wonder that's got to be a musician or a, or a group. And then you know, thirty something years later, I'm looking cool, at man. this uh, this band. Yeah, and uh, what they had in that song in that same song facts uh, post there was the alt rock Dean Ween group was the first to take up the task of covering this song. Frontman Dean Ween. Oh yes, yeah. Also uh, known as Michael. Uh, Mickey Melchiondo Jr. Uh, uh, explained, when Josh asked me to cover this tune, I dropped what I was doing on the most important, to me anyway, gig night of my life. I was de debuting the tunes from my forthcoming Dean Ween group album. I came to the studio with our drummer Ray Kubian, 
who was a great singer as well, and I had a concept. One sample of hand claps and eight tracks of grunting in the rhythm of the song and scat singing. I laid down a bass uh-huh. track for an anchor or a guide, sped the song up 150 beats per minute when the original was about 115, one acoustic gu- guitar, and Ray taking the lead vocal. And it's a good one. Did you hear have you did you hear that version no, of it? No, I didn't hear that one. Here, let me uh let me play this intro. It's kind of cool. I don't know why I think of Doug. Yeah, a little it is. jumpy. It little reminds you of Doug because yeah, Doug was done. All the music was done uh, acapella. Yeah, yeah. That maybe that's what it was. <laughs> acapella and spoons. Oh, patty, <laughs> patty mayonnaise. I love man. Doug. <laughs> patty or the mayonnaise on my <laughs> fries. Patty or the mayonnaise <laughs> on my cheese or something like that. <laughs> um, I just sent you a video. So, mm-hmm. uh. Josh Homme has the Sweet Stuff Foundation, which kind of facilitates a lot of uh, community outreach. And I think they kind of facilitated all of the donations to the Paris families and things. And I found this video of Jimmy Eat World on their website uh, that I just sent to you on messages. Uh, if you want to play a little bit of it. it's literally a three second video of Robin, Tom and Jim. Uh all and right. what's funny is it looks like like 2007 Jim, like with the jacket he's wearing. <laughs> um, oh, it does. Basically totally like name dropping the Sweet Stuff Foundation. OK, let's see. Here we go. Hey, we're Jimmy Eat World. Do the Sweet Stuff. Do the Sweet Stuff. And I lo- it's like very much backstage at like a festival show or something. And it was like, oh, hey, will you do a video for my like foundation <laughs> do um, the sweet stuff and so there were several videos of other people doing it on their site but this was the sweet stuff uh, <laughs> pretty cool uh, from jimmy Eat world like let's see if i go to update uploaded assets slash gallery can i see the uh list of files oh yeah there's a ton of stuff on here there's a jimmy Eat world photo which is just them on the thing here i'm gonna send you this uh uh, what do they call this? Um, I used to find these all the time on websites to find other uh, assets. Um, it's just like a list of all of the uh, all of the bands and things. Oh, like Paramore is in here. You should play the Paramore one. Oh, this is just yeah. This is just a directory listing. A directory. Thank you. Vampire Weekends in here. Oh, cool. <laughs> here, let's just listen uh, to the Vampire Weekend. The- let's see what this is. Go. Okay. Do the sweet stuff. Go. I love the go. Go. Do the Paramore one. All right. Do the sweet stuff. Very cool. I love that there's like a random little girl with them. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's the bass player that's no longer part of the band anymore. Anyway, that was a fun little thing that I found uh, with the band talking about the Sweet Stuff Foundation, tying them to Josh Homme and uh, that whole thing. Um. They did, you know, it's interesting, again, that you mentioned Damage, um, because, yeah, this was placed in the uh, B-Sides Survivor on Reddit, and it placed third um, with uh, 45% of the vote um, as a Damage B-Side. I guess it would count as a B-Side of whatever the previous record was, right? Uh Um, Even though it came out a year 
not even a full year before Integrity Blues came out. Like, in theory, they were about to enter the studio with JMJ. <laughs> Which is why it's like, oh, like, did they work with Alan Johannes? But then Alan Johannes also did a cover, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But um, I want to say they were affiliated. I mean, maybe they weren't recording, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, it, they could have been at this point back in Arizona and maybe they were just yeah, talking. The recording is rough enough that I'd buy it. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, another thing, th- there were not many mentions in the community about this song. Uh, one of them was uh, on the Facebook group. Somebody had mentioned. Uh, let's see who it was. Oh, OK. This guy uh, who I know from the Blink community, William McKenzie Flux Keenum says, uh, I've kind of fallen off the horse since Integrity Blues. Between severely, uh, he had some health problems and uh, getting divorced and stuff. Does anybody have an official list of all the B-sides, rare, unreleased stuff since then? And a bunch of people, uh, um, two people commented. Courtney Smith says, "Um, I can think of My Enemy, I Love You All the Time, and Party Hard, but that's off the top of my head. Um, and so that was like one very rare instance of somebody mentioning it uh, outside of the survivor posts. And then uh, over on Chorus FM, there was a uh, after I forget why John Nolan covered this. One. There was some terrible thing. Let me see. Uh, Campaign Zero, an organization dedicated to ending police violence in America. So uh, there was a. ah OK. This probably has to do with um, the George Floyd killing and other shootings in the country at the time. John Nolan and Mike Colloran, uh, John Nolan from Taking Back Sunday and uh, what's his other thing? Uh, Existentialism on prom night. It's, uh, yeah, Straylight Run. Straylight Run. Um, they covered Bruce Springsteen's American Skin 41 shots and somebody trans rebel 59 on august 19th of 2020 uh on the chorus fm forum says after the paris terrorist attacks a bunch of artists started covering eagles of death metals i love you all the time and donated the proceeds to charities it would be great to see other artists cover this song and donate proceeds to charities uh which didn't really happen but that was sort of why john nolan covered that song and i thought that oh that would be a cool uh idea um, but again, those are like the only times I ever saw this thing kind of brought up outside of the community. Uh, the last bit of community stuff I have is from Carice Jansen commented is the only, uh, commented review on Amazon for this song. One <laughs> out of five stars. Just say no. Um, the quality of the production on the track is appalling, which is ironic giving Jim Adkin Adlin's. Uh, almost mind-numbing micromanagement of every chord his band records. Awful and unworthy of a brilliant perfectionist. Um, Outside of hearing some... uh, uh, Hearing people say they've heard that Jim is a perfectionist, uh, we haven't really come across that vibe from him. I guess Eric Grubbs is probably the most authoritative figure on the subject that sort of alluded to that subject. Right. But, uh, Carice Jansen seems to be speaking with some authority here that, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Adlins, Jim Adlins, <laughs> it has a mind numbing micromanagement of every chord his band plays. 
Um, uh, so yeah, that's all I have for community. I don't know if you have any other notes. Uh, there on was the track. there was a couple of uh, comments from Reddit uh, three years ago. Grow live trainer uh, opinions of covers Jimmy World have done and covers you'd like to see them do. Uh, I recently took a notion to listen to some of the covers the guys have done, both as a band uh, and Jim with his solo project, and it got me thinking about other songs I'd like to hear them cover. Uh, and they go on to mention uh, Shakira's Whenever, Wherever, and under, Underneath, um, Hips Don't Lie, <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Cindy <laughs> Lauper. Uh, and in this thread, uh, Walking on a Wired comments, uh, Firestarter, Half Right, Last Christmas are the Jimmy covers I love. Also, I don't mind... Uh, I love you all the time either. The others I could take or leave. Uh, can't say I think of a song specifically I would want them to do, but I love their approach with Firestarter, so a complete reinvention, jimmyfication of a song is what I would be keen to hear. And that's kind of what I hear with this one is uh, appalling quality, but no, that's, I mean, you even gave us a great example of um, of the, the Jim Adkins solo. It was very intentional. Yeah. 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 It's not like, uh, you know, Hey, this is blown out. We got, we got an hour left in the studio. Let's do this. No, that was intentional. And it's a nice uh, juxtaposition of, uh, of dirty sound. And then his clean vocals there and also, you know, the other instruments and stuff, but yeah, I mean, it, it does kind of yeah. catch you off guard, but, uh, that's, that's their sound. So, so yeah. And let's see another thing. Oh, from Frank D three forty six. We haven't heard from Frank D in a we while. We know Frank D. Yeah, miss some Frank D. Uh, from one year ago. I'm bored, so let's make a list of all Jimmy World cover songs released or performed. Maybe you'll discover a great song you've never heard or learn a song was a cover. Am I missing any? And he goes on to mention thirteen. And uh, number eleven is I love you all the time. So it's always good. This is a good reference point for all of these uh, cover songs. But he did mention yeah. it. And what else did I have in here? Um, okay, there was a comment uh, a couple of months ago. Table for Table for Glasses 24, uh, Jimmy World and Not a Surf. Hey, very random but intrigued question. Does anyone know if Jim Adkins uh, has any relationship with Matthew Cause of Not a Surf? Do you, were you a fan of Not a Surf at all that you remember their one? The no, one that's big a band track? I had heard of, but not really known anything about. Uh, popular. Remember that song that uh, from Wicked? Uh, no, <laughs> no, this is it. Here, real quick. <laughs> Being attractive is the most important thing there is. If you want to catch the biggest fish in your pond, you have to be as attractive as possible. Make sure to keep your hair spotlessly clean. Wash it at least every two weeks. Once every two weeks. And if you see Johnny Football Hero in the hall, tell him he played a great game. Oh my god. Do you remember this? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sure I've heard it. It sounds like <laughs> like when I sort of zone out when K-Rock is on in the background. Uh-huh. In like the late 90s. Um, but it's very suicidal tendencies. For I sure. know, right? It's mixed. That's like a mix of of King Missile and uh, and suicidal tendencies there. Uh and and uh yeah, so anyway, the question about not a surf, but down below, we had Futures Past. Um, I had nothing to add, but I was intrigued and checked them out on Spotify, uh, referring back to not a surf. Apparently, they both did a version of I Love You All the Time for the Play It Forward campaign. Ah. So always always good to hear from Futures Past, and when they're learning something new, it's great. You know, just always a, um, a fountain of knowledge, that subreddit. Totally. <laughs> so that, that's it. That's all I it got is. for a community, man. Well, uh, before we get, uh, uh, do you have any covers that you want to play? 
Um, uh, no, I mean, there's so many. If I could, if I could say, go out and check a few, uh, check a few of them out. Listen to the full Dean Ween Group uh, cover. The Imagine Dragons is an excellent cover, and if you want to listen to any of these, we can. I thought that was that was probably my favorite yeah. one that I heard. I think Kings of Leon was pretty good. Elton John had a nice one. It's got a very uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road sound to it. Sure. Uh, and then the, another beautiful one was Florence and the Machine. That uh, I'm not a huge. I was never a Florence fan. Yeah, I'm not a um, huge Florence and the Machine fan, but uh, I should be because of the of the songs that I've heard, and maybe it's because I feel like that she's over that band is overplayed uh but i i need to give them more of a chance because listening to this uh their rendition was just beautiful so i i have those those are my uh five suggested covers aside from the jimmy world of course and then there's alan and uh and liam lynch so give those uh those eight a listen uh so what what is this that you've shared with me finally uh i went and I took, I looked at all of the Camelots of the matching Camelots (laughs) on the scale. Uh And I was like, what song do I like the most out of this? And it's this yellow card song called Rest in Peace, which is the opening track to their final record. And that was actually the song that got me into yellow card. Like I was always way too cool for yellow card. And I was just like, yeah, they got the gimmick, they got a violin player. (laughs) I liked Ocean Avenue. Okay. I guess the song. Uh Um, and, uh, and for some reason, them going out felt like an important thing to me, so much so that me and my buddy Nate went and saw them uh, play their final show in L.A. at the Nokia. And it felt very prescient to be there. like it felt important to be there. And anyway, I really, really liked this song. So I was like, I really don't enjoy I Love You All the Time. I really love this yellow card song. Let me see if this makes it better. And it's not a great rave DJ, but I thought it was better than the uh, original song. So I thought we could listen to a little bit. All of right. It. And it is titled uh, Rest Peace World. I love you in the time. So not uh, not, not rave DJ's <laughs> finest merging <laughs> no. of the titles. It's so long. <laughs> Rest. It, it sounds like a uh, words that were translated to another language and then translated back <laughs> two or three times. Totally. Rest Peace yeah. World. I love you in the time. Okay, here we go. Bridge each other. I don't know, man. This sounds great. I 
don't know. It gets a little uh, a little funky at the end, but yeah. that was great. The yeah, the violin uh, fit in there perfectly. I thought so. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. So with that, Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song? I love you all the time. What were your initial thoughts? And and uh, what are your thoughts now? It was always one of those tracks that when I scrolled down to the very bottom of the Jimmy World page on Spotify, it was one of those single tracks that just sat there. Uh, and I, I, I could I could still see in my mind the blue, white, and red lettering on there. Yeah. Never really, I might have played it. I might have played it, but uh, I wasn't very familiar with it. So looking at it a little bit more in depth and understanding the story behind it uh, does amplify it for me. I like what Jimmy Eat World has done with this track. It's a, uh, it's it's pretty uplifting. Uh, it's got that Jimmy Eat World sound, and uh, and Jim speaks some sweet, sweet language of love there. Yeah, totally, and and very well. Yeah. So, what about you? Um, I I had forgotten what the song meant, so I text you. I think Monday night last week after we recorded the previous episode. And I was like, dude, this song sucks so much. So I did, I told Paul, I was like, don't don't even like contribute this week because it was so bad. Um, and then I'm like looking into the song and I'm like, oh, shit, like this actually means a lot. So what I do want to do is put in the show notes all of the links to buy this song um, from uh, the iTunes store, Amazon, wherever you want to buy the song. But literally spend the 99 cents or whatever purchase the song because all of the proceeds go toward these families um, that six years on are still probably living this nightmare of a scenario. So learning more about the events, I remember the events happening and it was only one of three other attacks in the city that night. Um, Absolutely horrific uh, circumstances and something I'm sure that all the concert goers that were there and the band themselves find themselves thinking about more than they would ever like to. And for that, every little bit that they can get to, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, when you get a check in the mail or some sort of support, you remember why you're getting that. Um, But any consolation that can be given to these families. Yeah. Um, And in any scenario, like hopefully you'd only give, you not only give to this, this because we're Jimmy world podcast and, uh, this is Jimmy World's contribution to this very specific thing. But there's so many things that are going on in the world. Every little bit that you can give helps. A dollar here, a dollar there, whatever you can to uh, try to make a difference. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Uh, so with that, I respect the song. I don't have well to said. like it, but I respect it. Um so, uh, man, uh, with all of that said, I couldn't think of a more appropriate episode to tell everyone to be excellent to each other. And party on dudes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs>